Well, good morning. It's very good to see everyone here today. If you're visiting with us, we're especially glad that you're here. Uh, if you're visiting with us and you're going to be on the road today, we, we hope that you have safe travels. I know that uh, many members here will be on the road this coming week with uh, Christmas quickly approaching. So we do wish everyone uh, a safe trip and a safe journey back home. Have you ever wondered why specific things happen to certain people? Why did this good or this bad fortune happen to someone or to me? Why did I have a wreck today? Why was I so unlucky? Why did the garage door not open? Why, did the, why is the toilet leaking? Why did my wife pick up another nail in her tire? Or maybe something really good happens to you. And you think to yourself, what did I deserve? What did I do to deserve that? I I feel like that we run across more bad fortune than we do good fortune from time to time. The, The question at my house is, why is one of the girls' phones not working right? If you ever have a problem with an Apple iPhone... Katrina is a certified Apple technician. <laughs> she can fix your phone. Just, you, you are going to have to figure out how to get a hold of her if your phone's not working, but she is very good at fixing phones because we have a phone that's not working virtually every day. Something's not working, and it gets tiring. Why, why is something not working right? Why did something happen to me? You know, last year we hit a really rough patch at my house with appliances breaking, and, and it almost became comical. First, the, the washer and dryer. Katrina came in and said, the, the dryer's not drying and the, the washing machine's not. We're both of them at the same time. And I'd already fixed the washer twice and the dryer once. And I said, I'm not doing it again. Go buy something that will last. So as soon as we get that replaced, she said, hey, the refrigerator's not working. It's like, okay. Okay, so we're back to the store and we buy a refrigerator. We get that installed. She comes back in and says dishwasher doesn't work now back to the store another appliance we get that fixed I I think we probably went about two weeks after that and then you heard a loud pop in the garage so you know that those garage springs broke so another technician and another repair it just stacked up we're like I don't know if we're gonna be able to catch up from this it just is tiring why is all this bad fortune happening You know, we ask ourselves that question. Why did this happen? Why did this happen to me? And some things things just don't have an answer. There's not an answer why. Some things just can't be explained. Sometimes they just work a certain way. I guess we would call that chance, right? Something just works that way. We're in the right place at the right time. Sometimes we're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Things just happen. The topic this morning, we're going to talk about Mary, Jesus' mother. And I don't think that just happened. I think there are some very specific reasons on why Mary was chosen to be Jesus' mother. And so we're going to talk about that. Why did God choose Mary to be the biological mother of our Savior, Jesus Christ? Have you ever thought about that? Why Mary? Mary? Was she at the right place at the right time? 
or was she specifically chosen? The prophecy in Isaiah 7 and 14 reads, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. The prophecy makes no mention of Mary. So what made her so special? I don't think it was by luck or chance that God chose Mary. I think it was all part of his master plan. Because this was a big deal. This was a really big deal. And I think the, the world often skips over Mary and, and Joseph as Jesus' parents. And, and I don't think we give it enough thought. I don't think we give it much thought. You know, we see in the tabloid magazines all over the cash register at the store, whenever we go to check out, we see the latest celebrity who had a child. And I ask myself, I think to myself every time, why, why is that a big deal? No one put me in a magazine when I had kids. Why is it a big deal that the the celebrity just had a kid and named her Blue Haze? Or they had a boy and named him Twisted Branch. Why is that a big deal? But I do think of a couple of things. Those kids are going to have a a very difficult life. Those kids are going to grow up very different than, than we did. A very different and non-traditional setting. And their life could be difficult for a child, a young person to handle. And also think that those kids are never going to have to work a day in their life. They're going to grow up entitled. They're going to receive a new Porsche for their 16th birthday. They're going to travel the world while they're in grade school. They're going to be left an empire and not really know the true meaning of work and money. There's a significant difference between those children that are born to celebrities and Jesus who was born to Mary. And as I first thought about it, I thought, you know, God could have had any woman. He could have had any woman be the mother of Jesus Christ. He could have picked a wealthy family, a royal family, a family that was a large landowner. He could have chosen a well-known family, one of a great extended family. One that was well regarded in the community. He, he could have had Jesus born into a life of ease and comfort. And the more I thought about it, I, I don't think that God should have chosen a wealthy family. I don't think God should have chosen a family, a famous family for Jesus. Because Jesus needed to live the life of a normal person. I want to try to answer the question this morning of why Mary was chosen to carry and give birth to Jesus. But before we do that, it's important that we understand the kind of qualities and attributes that the scriptures outline for godly women. To find that perfect mother of Jesus, we can look no further than Proverbs 31. We don't need an article from a magazine. We don't need ChristianSingles.com. We just need to open our Bibles to Proverbs 31 to see the traits of a virtuous woman that God desires in a wife and a mother. If there's any men here today looking for a future wife, then you need to get familiar with Proverbs 31. If there's any women here today that you desire to be the best woman, wife, and mother that you can be, then you need to get familiar with Proverbs 31. There is no doubt in my mind that Mary was a virtuous woman. Proverbs 31 outlines the importance of being a loving mother. The loving mother that completes the home. 
A virtuous woman is loving and nurturing and has a compassionate nature that a godly woman has towards her children. These characteristics create a, a motherly relationship with her child that no man can truly understand. These characteristics foster family success. These characteristics foster love and warmth and contentment that, that no amount of money or possessions can create. A virtuous woman is more valuable than rubies. This was the type of woman that God was seeking for the mother of his son. Like I said earlier, God could have chosen anyone. But Proverbs 31, a virtuous woman, that was the benchmark. That was the measuring stick. As Proverbs 31 points out, a virtuous woman is rare and precious and extremely valuable. That is what God desired for the mother of his son. This was the type of woman that God desired to raise Jesus and become his support structure. To show him love. And God knew that he needed a virtuous woman. Now I'm not going to go through Proverbs 31 this morning. But I do, want, but, but I do believe that these virtues played a really big part in how God chose Mary to be the mother of Jesus. We've all heard the saying, if you want to know how someone's going to turn out, who do you look at? You look at their mother. You look at the mother to see how someone's going to turn out. The mother of Jesus Christ was certainly no exception to that rule. And I believe that even God's son was shaped, molded, motivated, and prepared by the powerful influence of a godly mother. So let's spend a few minutes this morning studying Mary. Why did God choose Mary to be the mother of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and our Savior. So we'll start with an introduction to Mary in Luke 1, verse 26. It says, Now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. We learn from this verse that Mary is a virgin. She had never known a man. Her exact age is unknown, but it is estimated that she's a teenager, probably around the age of 14, 15, 16 years old. So Mary's a teenager. She's in love with the best man that she's ever met, and she's ready to marry Joseph. So when the story opens, Mary is pledged to Joseph. That meant that she had, she had agreed to marry Joseph. That had been uh, arranged, and, but, the wedding, but the wedding had not taken place yet. Between the pledge and the wedding feast was a period that would have lasted 6 to 12 months. During that period, the couple, they would not have lived together. Uh, following the custom of that day, Mary would live with her parents and Joseph with his parents. Um, and then after the public wedding feast, Mary and Joseph would live together as husband and wife. So I assume Mary was very excited about her upcoming marriage. Like most brides and weddings, there's a lot of preparation. There's a lot of planning that goes into that big day. She can't wait to get married and start her new life with Joseph. Mary would have been happy, probably a little anxious. But this was coming up on the most exciting time of her life. It's right at this point that the angel Gabriel enters the scene. He's about to ask an unknown teenage girl to take part in something 
that is so shocking that had never been heard of before and something that many are going to struggle to understand and accept. What God asked Mary to do is going to change her life forever. Let's read in Luke 1, starting in 28. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are, the, are among women. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered that manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you, and therefore also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible." Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Just in these short verses, Mary portrays several characteristics that were crucial to the circumstances. And we're going to look at three of those characteristics this morning. The first one is that Mary was obedient. You know, the Bible is full of scriptures that command us to be obedient. Obedient to God and his teachings, obedient to our parents for their instructions. Obedience is found throughout the Bible, and with that obedience, there are rewards. We're familiar with scriptures that command our obedience to God, such as John 15 and 14. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And then there's scriptures that discuss our obedience to our parents in Ephesians 6, and we read this a lot at our home. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And then we learn of consequences of our disobedience. Proverbs 13 and 13. Whosoever despises the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. Mary was obedient. The importance of Mary is often overlooked when we discuss the life of Jesus. You know, we talk about his birth and his death and his shed blood for the remission of our sins. We talk about Jesus' commandments. We speak of him walking on this earth as a man and enduring all the temptations that we do. We speak of his miracles. We speak of his teachings and his parables. We speak of his disciples and how they were devoted and they traveled with him and how one even betrayed him. We talk about his grace and his power and his love and his great sacrifice for us. But what about his mother? We talk about our mothers all the time. We have memories and stories that we talk about on how things used to be. Well, this is what my mom used to do. She'd bend me over. You know how that ends. Our mothers were a big part of our lives. They shaped us. 
but we don't talk about Mary very much. And that's a shame because Luke makes it clear that she was very real and she had very real doubts, very real questions, and very real faith. And nowhere is this scene more clear more clear than in verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. We can call this one of the greatest statements of faith in the Bible. Mary unconditionally surrendered to the un, an, an unknown future that God had outlined for her. She trusted God. She had faith and she obeyed. She had questions. <laughs> you know she had questions. She doesn't know how all this is going to work out, but she had faith. Mary is approached by an angel and she's told three things. You're going to get pregnant. You're going to give birth to a son. He's going to be the son of God. You sum it up. That's what she was told. And when she asks how, he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. How would you respond to that? You know, I think all the phishing emails that we receive about a $10 million inheritance over in India might have us a little jaded if we were to hear something like this. But all joking aside, an angel tells you that it's going to be taken care of. Don't worry about it. Would you have the faith to surrender to him? Mary did. Mary said yes. She said yes to God. She said yes to the impossible. And she said yes to the plan of God. Her obedience and her faithfulness, that is why Mary was the one chosen to be the mother of Jesus Christ. I'm sure Mary was nervous and all of her plans were going to quickly change. She knew her life was going to be changing, but to be the mother of the Son of God was surely more than she could have imagined. And the angel gave her reassurance, for with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary responds by saying, let it be to me according to your word. Brothers and sisters, never underestimate the power of faith. Mary believed and her faith was strong. Not only was Mary obedient, but she had a desire to do God's will. Now, there's a big difference between doing something and having a desire to do something. And I'm very guilty of this, of this situation right here. My boss walks into my office and says, we need to talk real quick, which translates into, I have some work that I don't want to do, but I want you to do it for me. So he proceeds to describe this great idea and he's come up with and he asked my input and I was like, yeah, this might work this way. We need to consider this. Here's some risks that we have to consider, but it can be done. And he says, great. You want to put that together for us? I can. I can. That's my response. I can. I didn't say great. Really looking forward to it. I didn't say thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate you thinking of me. I said, 
I can. Which translates into, I'm super busy, but I can do this for you. There's a difference in doing something and having the desire to do something. We should have a desire to do God's will more than anything else. 1 Corinthians 10 and 31 reads, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. We should desire to glorify God in everything that we do. But he's not going to make us do those things. We have free will, just as Mary had free will. Mary could have said no. Mary could have said thanks, but no thanks. I'm busy next week. I have a wedding to plan. The biggest day of my life is in a few months, just a few months away, and your plans are going to disrupt my plans. She didn't do that. She had a true desire to glorify God. There are three things that we learn about Mary in the scriptures that reveal this. And the first one is that Mary cherished special moments. After giving birth to Mary, after giving birth, Mary was in awe of the events that had just taken place. She laid in the manger, she was tired, she was exhausted from making the trip to Bethlehem and giving birth. And starting in Luke 2, in verse 17, it reads, Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the sayings which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I think the key word here is but. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary cherished this moment. Not just because she had given birth and like any new mother, her heart was filled with joy and and love and excitement. I truly believe that she was overjoyed with enthusiasm towards her new baby. But I think the true joy that she felt was because she had fulfilled God's plan for her. Mary desired to do God's will, and this brought her joy and contentment, and she pondered these recent events in her heart. Mary also rejoiced. She was joyful and enthusiastic about doing God's will. In Luke 1, after visiting her cousin Elizabeth, who was pregnant at the time and would later give birth to John the Baptist, Mary says this in Luke 1, starting in 46. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Mary rejoiced in knowing that she was obeying God. She rejoiced in knowing that she was doing God's will. Do we rejoice? Have you ever hit your thumb with a hammer and rejoiced? Have you ever hit your elbow on the corner of the wall when you're turning that corner? Did you rejoice? No, you're sitting there trying to get the feeling back in your fingers. But have you sat in these pews with your your head held high, singing with all of your might and rejoiced? Have you sat in these pews during a song service and tears swelled up in your eyes? And rejoiced? Have you listened to a sermon that touched you and you rejoiced? Mary was filled with joy 
And that led her to say these things because she was delighted to be following God's commandments. And Mary was humbled to be chosen by God. You know, we look at the next two verses. For he was regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has, has done great things for me, and holy is his name. You know, we live in a world where people are always looking for that edge on how they're going to get ahead. People are always looking for that opportunity to make their name known. An opportunity to sue someone to make a few bucks. An opportunity to slander someone's name for their own recognition. An opportunity to undercut someone for their own benefit. That's not what Mary was thinking. Mary said, I am just a lowly maidservant, but many will call me blessed. For God has done great things for me. She said, for God has done great things for me. She didn't say, I'm doing great things for God. Mary was to become the mother of our Lord and Savior. And never did she say, look how great I am. Look at me. Look at what have I done. Look how powerful I am. Mary remained humbled, and she gave thanks for the wonderful blessing. She was thankful that God was willing to use her. And she was grateful to have the ability to, to do God's will. And the last attribute that I want to discuss this morning is that Mary was a strong woman. As we revisit the attributes of a virtuous woman, Proverbs 31 and 25 reads, Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. There is no doubt that Mary was a strong woman. She needed to be. She had to be. She was going to watch Jesus grow into a young man quicker than most men. As most teenage boys are out learning to hunt and tend the fields and, and they're with their fathers, Jesus was in the, temp, in the temple tending to his father's business. Being a mother to Jesus would have been very different than most motherhoods. And I assume that there was a fair share of ladies in their village that had a few rumors to discuss at their tea parties. I can only assume that there was a lot of worrying to do on Mary's part. You know, being a parent's hard enough. You're responsible for another human being. And as a young parent, that's very nerve-wracking at times. As parents, to, as parents to young children, we worry about that spiking temperature in the middle of the night. We worry about that cough that's getting worse in the, in the middle of the night, and you, you end up in the bathroom with the steam shower on for hours. You worry, is, is my toddler growing the way that they should? Are, are they crawling yet? Are they talking enough? And when are they ever going to get potty trained? You know, I can remember sitting at the hospital when Audrey was born, being in the hospital for those few days, they were great. They were wonderful. There was nurses coming around every few hours, answering all of my questions. They would come by at night, and they would take Audrey to the nursery, and Katrina and I would just sleep. They'd come by and, and deliver all these diapers, and, and tell, this is how you do things, this is what to do, this is what not to do, and it was wonderful. 
And then the nurse came by and said, you're all done. It's time for you to go. And then that sinks in. We have to take care of this child all by ourselves. The past few days were great. And I remember carrying Audrey and the baby carrier down the hall, and the nurse was, was pushing Katrina in a wheelchair, and we went out the main doors. I'd already pulled the car up, and I had it in the loading area, and I put, car, I put, uh, put Audrey in the back seat of the car, helped Katrina get loaded in the back seat next to Audrey. I got in the front seat, and, and I'm sure I let out a big sigh. And I looked in the rearview mirror, and I saw my wife and my first daughter. And I was proud. And I was happy. But I was a little nervous. And I was a whole lot of scared. And that was a very odd feeling. I had never felt that before. I think Mary experienced all those feelings too. But it was it would have been different for Mary. Not only did she have a young child to care for, it was the Son of God. It was our Savior. It was her Savior. And she was responsible for his well-being, and I think that required a very strong woman. The angel told Mary in Luke 1 and 28, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. <clears throat> Mary was highly favored by God. This phrase simply meant that Mary had been given much grace or unmerited favor from God. Even with God's favor, Mary would still suffer and experience heartache. Although she would be highly honored as the mother of our Savior, she would have watched through the years as her son was rejected and eventually murdered. Mary's submission to God's plan would cost her dearly through sleepless nights, through constant worrying, through stress of raising God's son. Yet she was willing to be God's servant. God knew that Mary was a woman of rare strength. She was the only human being to be with Jesus throughout his entire life. Think about that. She was the only human being to be with Jesus through his entire life. From birth until death. She gave birth to Jesus as her baby and watched him die as her savior. She, she watched her son being nailed to the cross and blood pouring from his body. I think it's possible that Mary... I think it's possible that Mary would not have completely considered the full extent of the future suffering whenever she was chosen to be Jesus' mother. She may not have imagined the pain of watching her child bear the weight of sin and die a terrible death on the cross. She may not have imagined the name-calling and the throwing of stones and the, the crown of thorns or the humiliation that was destined for Jesus. But I don't think that that would have changed her mind. She was a strong woman with a desire to serve God. When it all comes down to it, Mary was a lot of things. But most importantly, she was exactly what God asked her to be. Going back to the day 
that young girl was approached by the angel, I'm sure there was a lot of questions that Mary had. A few that we have documented for us, but I'm sure that there were a lot more that Mary had in the coming hours and days and weeks. Because there's a lot of things uh, that Mary did not know. There was a lot of things that she didn't know. And that reminds us of the song, Mary, Did You Know? I want us to, we're not going to sing this song. I'm not going to sing this song for us. But I do want us to look at these words. You know, it's very common that we open up the book and we start singing the song and the melody. And we don't always see and, and really understand the words that we're singing. I want, us to, I want us to walk through this together. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy will come to make you new? This child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know your baby boy will calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you have kissed the face of God. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, and the dead will live again. The lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? This sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. I'll close this morning expressing my thanks for Mary. I'm thankful that she was obedient servant to God. I'm thankful that she had a desire to do God's will. And I'm thankful that she was a strong woman. Mary is the cornerstone in the scriptures and the most important woman in the Bible. Isaiah 7 and 14, where we started this morning, said, Therefore the Lamb himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Mary was the right woman to fulfill this prophecy. As we've read in Luke 1 and 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. Mary was special, and I'm sure she was a great mom. And God knew this from the beginning. After all that she had been through as the mother of Jesus Christ, her greatest display of strength came as she stood by her son as he hung on the cross. John 19, now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother, the disciple of whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. We, just like Mary, are part of God's master plan. Each of us have been given a different role to play. And all are important. Now, I hope that you'll follow Mary's example. Have the faith to say yes. Choose obedience and have the desire to do God's will. 
I've appreciated your attention this morning. We'll close with an invitation song and an invitation of the church. If you have not become a child of God, if you have not been baptized for the remission of your sins, then we encourage you to do that today. If there are things that are struggling that you're struggling with in your life, or you have some upcoming issues or, or some things or some concerns and you'd like the prayers of the church, uh, then we'd ask one of either to come forward and sit on this front pew as we stand and sing this song of invitation.